You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Hi, folks. It's Colonel Jeff Fox, producer of This Week with Larry Miller. And then there was one. Yes, Larry's still on injured reserve, and now Dr. Chris is in New York with Adam for the release of his new book, Not Taco Bell Material, available at Amazon.com and finer booksellers worldwide. And so I'm alone in the eerily empty Ace Studios engineering my own record. So if it sounds terrible, that's why. I want to give you a quick little story. Uh, I stopped over at Larry's to watch the Kings game with him on Monday, and I brought the Larry Miller Drinking Society card request over with me. And I like to stuff envelopes while watching a game, especially hockey games. And Larry has ants in his pants to stay busy until he's officially cleared to work work. And I thought, well, maybe I can get him to dig in and stuff some envelopes with me. And we wound up just blabbing, and I did them all by myself. So the good news is... All card requests went out in the mail. The bad news is I was unable to Tom Sawyer Larry into painting my fence for me. But I respect him for that. That brings us to this week's rebroadcast. And I was trying to think of a good and relevant episode to play. And then I remembered this episode where Larry talks about how to enjoy being in a hospital. It's a really sweet story. And when we originally recorded it, I believe it happened to him just the week before. So in my mind, this was an instant classic kind of story that was very... Very recent and very relevant for him. And I think it goes toe-to-toe with all of his all-time great stories. So enjoy the episode, folks. And on behalf of Larry, thanks again for all your patience and support. We're going to get him back in here as soon as we can. You guys are the best. And nominum quid geminis to everyone. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Mr. and Mrs. America and everyone who likes hospitals. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And there are so many things to talk about here, and I'll tell you about hospitals in a second. But first, aren't they good? They're always good. As always, that's the Eric Martinez Orchestra and the Grace Amateur Dancers featuring boy tenor Art Fuentes asking the musical question, What's wrong with gluten? And that's a good place to start, by the way. But before we talk about gluten and what's wrong with it or what it is, what's wrong with anything? Let's first say, and by... Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com, they've been great for us, and you've been great for them. If you're going to order anything on Amazon, go to our website first, acelarrymiller.com, and there's a little banner there that says Amazon, and you click that, and then we get a push. You buy everything you were going to buy anyway, and Amazon is Amazon. Of course, it's great. They have everything in the world. And you buy whatever you're going to buy there, and then we get part of that, which still keeps the lights on here at Ace Broadcasting. I'll let you know, by the way, when the lights are on and we start buying drinks with the money, because believe me, you'll be the second to know. So at this point, though, if you're going to buy at Amazon.com, go to our website, acelarrymiller.com, hit the banner that says Amazon, buy your stuff, and then everyone's happy. You're happy, Amazon's happy, and believe me, we're happy, and the lights are happy because they're on. And by... Gringo Bandito Hot Sauce. That's right. Tons of flavor. Hot but not hot. 
And this is the absolute truth. That's their stuff. They want you to say, they want me to say, and it's true. It's hot but not hot, that it's perfect for chicken, eggs, burritos, lunch, breakfast, and dinner, and can be found at some of the best Mexican restaurants in California, but uh, apparently not all, but just some of them. And uh, now you can have it at home by visiting www.gringobandito.com, G-R-I-N-G-O-B-A-N-D-I-T-O.com, Gringo Bandito Hot Sauce. And the best testimony I can give you is that I love hot sauces, I love hot food, we have seven or eight different kinds of hot sauces. It's like, to me, it's like a virtuoso violinist who has seven violins and I can play any different one at times. And that's the way I am with hot sauces. Here's how I feel about this one. And I have had, since they sent us a box of it, I have had Gringo Bandito hot sauce on, without exaggeration, every single meal I've had at my house since then. It's more than two weeks now. It's three weeks now. And including the uh, July 4th uh, dinner my wife made for our friends and for us, and she wasn't that pleased because she'd already seasoned the food, but I put it on anyway. I'll do that in the future. I'll do that in the hallway so she can't see. And everyone here at Adam Carolla's shop here at Ace Broadcasting, that sauce vanished. That's the best testimony really ever. You know, some things would just sit there for weeks. A box comes and they just sit there. That stuff was gone in 60 seconds, as they say. So Gringo Bandito Hot Sauce GringoBandito.com, and I promise you, there's no gluten in it. What in the world is gluten, by the way? That's why we all know, look, we're all the same. We're all subject to being prisoners of inertia, to being part of a trend. No one's above it. We're all in this thing, all in this cultural moment together. And there are, apparently, there was an article I read in the Times, the Los Angeles Times last week, there are apparently people who are allergic to gluten, or but it's like any other substance, meaning there's a very small hunk of people who are actually allergic to it or react poorly to it, but everyone else who thinks about gluten, and by the way, do whatever you want. Good luck, congratulations, you're alive, you make your own choices. But people who have... Chris, where Chris also works in a restaurant, they have a gluten-free menu now because people are going to ask for it. And again, that's fine. It's a restaurant. Whatever people ask for is fine. But at a certain point, you want to say to some people, really, you're gluten-free because I'll bet you a dollar you don't know what it is. And I think this is just one of those things sometimes where we all react. And I mean this. I'm in it, too. You're in it, too. We all did this for... um, Oh, what's the stuff that used to be in Chinese food? I, I can't remember now. I did this throughout the... Oh, don't... It, it was an initi- initials, and uh, people used to... Uh, they're trying to sign through the window now that... Uh, I know Jeff will find this out. And we all did this. I did this. We all did this. Whether you call up for Chinese food, whether you ask for it in a restaurant, whether you were there... That's right. It was MSG. I knew it was initials. And I knew if you took the middle initial out, you get an English car. No, I mean that... It's the MSG, and I did this throughout the 80s, because we all do. Oh, I can't have MSG. And so I'm a prisoner of this, too. I'm not above this. And by the way, I remember, because every it's so weird. Every Chinese restaurant would say, because you go in there and say, by the way, can I have mine without MSG? Now, what is the waiter going to say? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, we'll make yours special. You know, it's so stupid. You call for delivery. Do you make yours without MSG? Yes, of course. Why would we put in MSG? We'll, be, uh, we'll, we'll send the guy right up to five floors to your walk-up in a second. 
You know, but so we're all prisoners of this. I'm not making fun of anyone who does the gluten thing because we all do it, whatever the moment is. And I used to talk myself into thinking, wow, hey, wait a minute. If, if I have something with MSG in it, I'll get a terrible headache because this is what we do. This is what we are. Remember something. There's nothing wrong. God forbid there are people who are allergic to things like peanuts, but it's such a tiny, tiny percentage of, of people. I'm not the first one to notice this, but it's a tiny percentage of, of, of people. And even at my kids' school, the elementary school, that they're, they're both out of now. But, you know, bulletins would go around. So-and-so is allergic. You can't have, we couldn't send peanut butter sandwiches because then they might touch the pole in the yard and the other kid might touch the pole in the yard. Now, again, I would do anything for my kids, and I understand this with the parents. You understand this, too. But sometimes we all go a little overboard. I, I, don't, I don't know. Remember, that's why anything fat-free, you must know this by now. Anything fat-free means nothing. Fat is actually good. Not to be fat. No one wants to be immense. But every time something says fat-free... For 10 years now, we all think that, uh, oh, that's fantastic, there's no fat in it, so I'm losing weight. No, no, what about the 2,700 grams of sugar in it? You know, the, the, is fat is actually healthy in life. You need fat in life. You need to eat foods that have a fat content in life. So to say something has zero fat means nothing. It may have zero nutrition. It may have zero anything. Plus, it may be loaded with sugar. For instance, I'll bet you... I'll bet you Kool-Aid has zero fat. So you know what? And I don't mean just the one they had down there in South America that time. I mean, and I have nothing against Kool-Aid. By the way, please don't write letters if you work for Kool-Aid. I hope you make a million dollars a day. But you know what I mean. So the various uh, sodas probably have, even Coca-Cola that I love probably has zero fat. And uh, and I and I anytime I want a soda, I always drink Coke. We should ask them to be a sponsor, by the way, because I, I've said this before. But it's, we've been talking here on the show about this, by the way, because it, we feel very happy, very lucky that, because by the way, we just went over our millionth download. I've been telling you about this for a couple of weeks now. We're very, very happy. So it's probably at a million and 700 now or something and on our way to 2 million. And uh, I have over 2 million miles on an American, on American Airlines in addition to all the other planes. So... Uh, we have over a million downloads. We're very happy, very grateful. And we are, as of a couple of weeks ago, we were number 11 out of all comedy podcasts on iTunes. We're very happy about that. So thank you very much. And as we always say, tell a friend. Uh, don't start the conversation with that because that would be weird. But if the friend is talking about podcasts, then say, hey, here's one. Here's one I like. Here's, here's maybe one you like. So you know what? We're all all prisoners of things, all prisoners of trends. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm as much a prisoner as you are. But you know what? Every so often, let's just let's just let's just stop. So whether it comes to Coca-Cola or anything else, we said there are there are products that we like that I use, and so we we decided just today, frankly, that we're going to start having some of the salespeople here at Ace Broadcasting. And uh, by the way, that's not a joke. There are salespeople people here. This company, you're going to see Ace Broadcasting. To me, I've said this for a while, this place is like television in 1946. It's like a whole industry that's really starting. And uh, some people are saying, you know, you know, vaudeville's coming back. And I always want to say to them, you know what? It's not. 
Okay, it's really not. But it's all right, because there's a whole new world out there, and we're in it here, I think. So, you know what? We're going to go out for advertising for things that I actually use. And we, we've said we're going to do this, that we're going to call Old Spice and say to them, you know what? This guy, have you heard of this podcast? Do you know Larry? Do you know this? Do you know anything at all? Are you interested in starting with podcasts? Because Larry uses it every day. And it's no, that is no baloney. I've, I've, uh, I've, someone told me about a year ago that Old Spice is coming back, and I swear I didn't know what the response to that was. I, I had no idea because I thought, I don't care whether it's in or out. I just use the stuff. They've had slogans before. Remember, if your grandfather hadn't used Old Spice, you wouldn't be here. Okay, fine. That's very clever. But it means nothing to me. All that I know is I use it. It's the same with big pens, the regular big pens. We're going to call them two because uh, I use big pens. I write, obviously, on a laptop and, uh, and for websites and everything. But I, the basic comedy formula for me is still, and for my closest and oldest friends, you get yellow legal pads. The long ones, by the way, not the eight and a half by eleven. Long legal legal pads and blue big pens. I know that's a habit, but it's like Tom Landry's game hat. You know, once you get into a habit, you're in the habit. So to me, I have other kinds of pens, but if you're going to write comedy, to me, it's a blue big pen and the regular ones where the cap comes off. You know the ones I I don't even have to describe this and a yellow legal pad, and that's that's comedy writing. To me, uh, when I go on a plane or when I go uh, away, I'll tell you about that in a second, actually. But uh, I, when I go away, sure, I take the laptop and uh, I write from there onto the website and everything. But you know what? I never go anywhere without a blue big pen and yellow legal pads. I'm not sure there's any way to advertise yellow legal pads. Is, is there? And buy yellow legal pads. Go get a yellow legal pad. Doesn't matter if you're not a lawyer. Just get a yellow legal pad. What brand? I don't care. Do they have an organization, a union of yellow legal pad people? Do they all get a piece of it? I guess not. But Blue Big Pens, boy, that's the one. There are a lot of sponsors out there of things that just that I use. I said to Jeff and Chris before, let me tell you, there are certain olive manufacturers that I go to, and it's not for nachos, and that I use, I use olives, and not infrequently either. And there are certain olives I like. Call that company. Let's find out what they are. And there are certain olive companies I don't like. That would be very awkward if a company I didn't like advertised or said, we love the show. Does Larry like our olives? I guess I'd have to find a way to be on. Because as you know, the, the charm, I hope, of this show is that, as you know, A, I'll never lie, and B, every story you hear is true. And uh, so we have something, by the way, today. Speaking of a, a good story, we have something that uh, that we got. A, we got a letter from uh, Russell. The guy's name is Russell. He didn't want to add anything more, but it's a very good, very good letter. He said, "Larry, love the show." He says something very nice about the show, and then he said, "I just wanted to say that I recently had a level five drinking experience." Now I'm sure I don't have to explain that to much. Just in case you're new to the show, there's a piece I do called "The Five Levels of Drinking," and. Uh, and, you know, uh, there's a, our, we have the Larry Miller Drinking Society and the cards that I'll tell you about later. But uh, he said here, I had a level five drinking experience. It was the perfect storm. My birthday slash bachelor party. And he says, and that is a perfect storm, by the way. That's almost you want to say, don't go anywhere. In that case, that's too much. Stay home. But he says, fill in the blanks to create your own picture of the evening. Now, get this. 
He says, my equally inebriated friends lost me downtown, and I came to, as I love that phrase, by the way, I've always loved it. I was you come to, I came to. Has he come to? Did he come to? He says, I came to as I was apparently making the several-mile trek walking home. He says, I awoke to God's flashlight. That's one of my phrases from the bit. That means you've been up all night and you walk out of a place and that sun, you see that sun and it's like God's flashlight. And he says, this, this is a, a, a little puzzling. He says, he was head first in a pile of manure bark and thought to myself, well, then this is what Larry's been warning about. Now, I don't know. I said this to Jeff and Chris, by the way. I said, is manure bark a certain kind of tree? It's, he doesn't mean like a pile of manure, does he? Because I, I'd actually have to leave Earth if that was the... If that was, so I, I'm hoping this is something like, well, you know, manure bark. It's like a special kind of thing, not even a tree. You know, it's just manure bark. It's good for what ails you. Manure bark. It's, it's a way to make penicillin or something. But he says uh, it was still one of the best nights ever. And he says, when I got home, I had a roof over my head, a job to go to the next day, and someone who cared about me and made me some good hangover food. Take care. And that's very sweet because, as you know, that's our motto to end the show every week. And uh, his name is Russell. It reminded me of uh, a friend of mine, Brad, a friend from college. That tells you enough right there. Never mind my college, your college, anything. Even if you never went to college, just his hearing the phrase, well, you know, as a friend from college, right there, you know what that means. And Brad, when we were all, oh, when I was a baby comic and they were all in their jobs, either being, uh, we were all, I guess, about 23 and uh, they were being learning to be brokers or something or working for whatever company they were working for. And Brad, <laughs> this is, we always called this the story of the big blue cab. And what that means is we lived in New York. This was in Manhattan. And Brad left. We were all out. And out, as you know, when it's friends from college. It doesn't mean, oh, did you see a show? Did you have dinner and a show? No, we were all out. We we, we were out in a, a few places, and we were, and we had a bunch to drink. And Brad, uh, <laughs> he uh, he decided to walk out of the door. He just left. No one knew where he went. Now this is on the east side, at. About, I think it was in the Murray Hill section, which is in Manhattan means it's the east side. So it was around 2nd or 3rd Avenue, around 33rd Street, something like that. And uh, he uh, suddenly Brad's gone. What happened? And that, it reminded me because Russell used the phrase came to. Brad starts walking and he came to. By the way, Brad lived with his, uh, his friend and roommate, Cully. By golly, Cully uh, passed away a few years ago. He's a friend of mine. Always liked him a lot. Cully was a, a an Iowa farm kid, a great guy, a wrestler, and a football player. And when he got to school with us in Massachusetts, the drinking agent, he'd never had a drink, and the drinking age in Massachusetts had just changed to 18. And I'm not sure that was a good thing. Not for Cully. I always liked him a ton, though, and he and I were out a bunch together. And uh, I hope he's well now. But so Cully, they, they lived at 72nd and Riverside, which is a great area to live, by the way. They found a place that was, like, for almost nothing, because it, it wasn't in really good shape, but that's, like, a, a nice area. And so, when Brad left this bar that night, and remember, this is the story of the big blue cab, 
Brad left the bar that night and starts, he starts walking. He decides he wants to walk. And he came to at around 12th Avenue and 48th Street. Now, this is from, remember, 3rd Avenue and 33rd Street. He comes to, he's been walking this whole time at roughly 12th Avenue and 48th Street, and an empty bus, an empty New York City bus comes down whatever that avenue was it was it was 11th or 12th or 14th or something whatever the downtown avenue is because a lot of the bus depots where they park the buses are in that area and that's where you know you'll see a building with 150 buses lined up because that's where the drivers come after their shift so this bus comes down an empty avenue and it's 4 4:30 in the morning it's before god's flashlight Brad comes to after walk, having walked there. He's wearing a, sort of a suit with the tie down. He's 24, and he hails the bus. He sticks his he sticks his hand out, hails the bus, and the driver, in one of the great, I think one of the sweetest things I've ever heard, the driver pulls over. He pulls over. Brad gets on the gets on the bus. And says, the bus is empty. The guy's going back to park it at the depot. Brad gets on, kind of falls into a chair along the side near the back and says, 72nd and Riverside. And the guy, again, I'd love to meet this guy someday, but boy, talk about a good deed. The guy takes him. The guy goes to 72nd and Riverside, takes him, goes back, says, hey, buddy, we're here. Brad smiles at him and says, hey, thanks. And the guy just gives him like a nod and a pat on the on the shoulder. Brad gets off, goes upstairs, and the guy goes back to his depot now. And that is the story of the big blue cab. So thanks, Russell, for writing in. I hope you can, I hope you can tell your kids about that someday. By the way, I'm not afraid. All things in the right time. I, I'm not shy about showing my kids something. I, I pretend sometimes. I did this today. This happened. I had one of my kids and I picked him up. He was at a, a, a school thing in the morning and I took him there at 9. It takes a couple of hours. And uh, then I pick him up at 11 and I said, I want to stop off at the hardware store for a second because we needed a new vent or rather a new filter. That shows you who I am, by the way. I've told you this before. I don't know anything. I can't fix anything. I don't care to. I'm in a company now. I'm in a shop. Here at Corolla's, everyone can actually change engines and cars. They can do anything. If you if you said to someone, it's like my cousin Vinny, if you said to anyone in this building, what's the correct timing for a 63 Monza? Almost anyone here could just say, two degrees off center, or whatever that thing is. And... By the way, that's not bad for a joke. Uh, that's as close as I could get. I think that was pretty good. And I only knew that because of my cousin Vinny, by the way. If you had said to me, what, what is the phrase for the timing in a car that had spark plugs or something, I wouldn't have the slightest idea. And I've, and I've never, <laughs> I, I never cared to. I don't need to pretend that. I pretended in a way today. We needed new filters for the intake duct for the air conditioner. Wow, did that take concentration on my part, by the way. It's the big duct in the center of the hallway that brings all the air in for the system. By the way, the system stinks. 
This is in the 18 years we've lived in this house. I don't know what it is. I love my wife. We get a little, She's the one for me, and I'm the one for her, I hope. But I'm telling you, over 18 years, I've said to her, why don't we get a couple of wall units? Like a nice fetters or a carrier unit, because if we stick it in the wall, that's how the house gets cool. My parents had those. It actually cools a house off when you want to be cool. And by the way, I'm not the one who needs it. If it came to that, I could probably live in Panama. I'm one of those people I just don't care. I'll sit... If I'm, I, I don't mind being steamy. I don't mind being hot. I would have been like my parents or grandparents where you sit outside in the summer every night with the rest of the neighbors and you sit on the folding chair and you just talk. It wouldn't have bothered me that it was hot. But my wife, God bless her, loves air conditioning. And I've said to her because the central air stinks. We've had three systems. But for some reason, she, I don't know if this is a male-female thing. I really don't know. The thought to her of a unit sticking out of the house is is just anathema. She can't take it. The, the thought in design, something about it, breaking up the line of the house, and I keep saying to you, you know what? A little a little wall unit, one for you, one for the bedroom there. That's when you want it. Could blow on you. That's fine. And one for the living room, one for the kids. I, you know, whatever it is. No, there's no way. So I needed a new filter today, and I was gonna go to Home Depot or Osh. They're about 25 minutes from us, but I stopped in. At this thing today, they had them. It was, I thought I'd take a chance. It was this. Why well, I should say this? I, there's no reason not to say it. It was an Ace Hardware store, and they had them. This, it's not a big store, but they have everything. They have everything in the world. It's like, oh, uh, my friend Ellis Levinson used to do a great bit in his act that if you're over a certain age, you'll recognize that going into a candy store, every candy store owner had an empty cigar box on the shelf behind the register. This is Ellis's, is a great observation that everything was in that box for some reason, that it was almost magical. Whatever you asked for, it's in the box. He could reach into that box and would have, do you have any extra paper clips? Yes, here's a paper clip. Uh, whatever you wanted. You know, I'm looking for a fountain pen. Here's a fountain pen, whatever it is. I need an old pass key to a castle. Here! I'm making these things up, but he, it was great observation on his part. And so this Ace Hardware Store always has everything. It's not that big, but it had everything. And I was thrilled. And as we were on the line waiting, my kid says to me, this is my younger kid, he says, he holds up one of those uh, one of the units that wear it. Oh, it does six things at once and you unscrew it. And it's a screwdriver and he unscrews one. He says, what's this? And I said to him, well, that's a Phillips head. You know, that's for a certain kind of screw. And I felt like an idiot as if I'm posturing, as, I'm, as if I'm Bob Vila, as if I'm someone who can build a house from scratch. Well, that's a that's a Phillips head there, son. That's a very specific kind of screw. And he looked up at me as if I have some idea of what I'm saying. And I didn't disabuse him of it. I didn't say, by the way, I really know nothing about construction. I happen to know that, and you happen to ask me that. So I, I was just sounding as if I know. I didn't say that. I'd said instead, well, that's a Phillips head, son. And uh, that's for the, you know, uh, you, you'll see at home. You've seen those screws with the little cross in them. And then I had a chance to say, yeah, yeah, that's a Phillips head. Now, if you'd asked me anything else, like, what's what's the timing on a 63 Monza? I'd say, let's just pay for these and get out of here, okay? Come on, I'll get you a Coke. Shush. And so, at any rate, this this came after, though, his brother, my, uh, my older boy, got uh, beamed. And this is why uh, I said, this is why the heading of this show is anyone let who likes hospitals, because here's a question. How do you 
really enjoy hospitals. How do you, what do you have to do to really love the hospital you're in? What do you have to do to really enjoy a hospital? I was with the, my younger son at a football clinic. He plays football, and I just want to say that's the same thing. I'm not throwing that out like, oh, he plays football. They're my kids. I'd love them if they were in the chess club. I really don't care. It so happens they're athletes, and that's fine. I didn't sign them up for football. By the way, it was for the same play for four years on the same team Adam Carolla played for, the East Valley Trojans around here. It's a Pop Warner-type team. It's football. It's helmets, pads. It's football. So he's going to be playing this year. He's going into junior high, and he's going to be playing on that team, and they start practicing August 15th. And his coach from the Trojans, the East Valley Trojans last year, who's a great guy, Ayinde, uh, Coach Ayinde, and uh, I should say his name, Ayinde Bomani, but he's a great guy, and he coaches at uh, at a school d- uh, down here as well. But he loves football, and he has a clinic for the kids. So uh, it's a few nights a week, and we take him. We've taken him for years now. At any rate, so we're down there, and I get a call because my older son is in a game, and he's the baseball player, and he's good. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but he pitched a no-hitter and two one-hitters this year. He's a terrific catcher. He's a good ball player, and he's already gotten some interest from uh, from schools. that They can't send a letter, but they send something out. I'm going to take him to another thing. Once again, I have to say this. I didn't sign them up for this. I'm not living through this. I'm not someone who's taking him into things or saying, you know, my kid does this. I'd love them no matter what they did. They're good kids. They're good souls, and it so happens... They're athletes. So I get a call, and it's kind of the call, of course, a parent dreads. It's from his coach. They're at the game, and my kid just got not beamed by a pitch. He went into a bunt. Happens a million times to ball players. You've all seen pro players where they have an ankle guard on because they seem to keep foul tipping a ball right onto that same spot on their ankle in their whole careers. So my kid at this time... And uh, he got the bunt sign. He goes into a bunt, and it just shot up into his right eye, and he got one of those, an immediate cut. Here's, well, how bad it was, bad in quotes. He started to get up, and his coaches came out and just said, no, sit down, stay there, stay there, sit down. And he said, no, I have to get to first. He was a little, little wobbly, and they said, you know what, just sit down, you're fine. And the visiting team... Someone said, <laughs> and I wasn't there, remember, I was at football practice with the other kid, but I heard about this, the visiting, someone in the stand. oh, my son told me, because he heard this, someone in the visiting stands said, uh, what happened to him? And uh, as the coaches stood him up, they could see in the stands, and someone else in the stands went, whoa, and all the other parents in those stands just said, shh, shh, don't say that, don't say that, don't make them think it's bad, you know, but... That was the. That's, it shows you there's comedy in everything, as long as it works out all right, though, right? It wouldn't be funny if, God forbid, something worse had happened. And here's the thing: they called me. Of course, I came over. I, I, tr- I trust these guys. It's not empty trust. These are good people. His coach is a good man, and they had a medic there. And she said, "Yeah, you know what? Um, this is on the phone." And she said. Uh, Come on over. And my wife is at work, by the way. She's a, she's a comedy writer. And it was fine enough that I didn't call her. I didn't want to bother her. I didn't want to worry her. So I said to this one, you said, you know what? You, well, you keep practicing here. I'll be back. And I'll, or, you know, it's co- they said, hey, I'll get him home. You know what? It, it would all f- be fine. And as I'm going back, they said to me, yeah, we think he probably needs a few stitches, but we'll see. And I got there. 
there's a there's a hospital they said they think they like. It's in Burbank called St. Joe St. Joseph's, and uh, it's a great hospital, by the way. I visited a couple of friends there before. I told that story about John Ritter, didn't I? About how John, when John Ritter passed away. And that was the hospital they took John Ritter, by the way, because it's right between most people like me, most people at show business. If someone says, where's St. Joseph's? I, I would always say just, oh, it's uh, right down Bob Hope Drive across from NBC between NBC and Disney. So it's right there. I don't know the actual streets, but I could, you know, tack over there. I could see it from a spaceship. I know, I know exactly where it is. And it's a terrific place. And uh, so I took him in. The point is he was... I said to the coach and to the medic, I said, was he upset? And they said to me, he was very upset, but only because he thought you'd be upset. And this is kind of an interesting thing for me. It's a deep thing. What's the best gift we can ever give to our kids? In addition, if hopefully they have health and in addition to food and shelter and general support, you know what may be highest on the list? Steadiness. How do you be steady with a kid? And when something happens, do you freak out? Do you fall to pieces? Do you panic? Or are you steady so that they can see in your face and in your presence that the one thing you're not doing is going, whoa, like that guy in the stands. So you know what? It touched me because he was fine. He's a, he's a tough kid, and, he, and they all want to be young men. And so he didn't... Uh, it would have been fine with me if he cried. He didn't cry. He didn't, you know, limp off. They walked him off. And, you know, there's the smattering of applause. But it was uh, it was pretty bad. You know what it was? It was one of those, cut me, Mick. Remember that from Rocky? Rocky? It was one of those things. Under the eyebrow in the soft part there. And uh, it instantly, there are two kinds of things. We don't hear about black eyes much because kids aren't fist fighting as much as they might have, say, in 1880. And... There were two. There are two kinds of swellings, as you know, are black eyes. Maybe you don't know. There's one uh, coaches call a caterpillar, which is a certain size. In other words, it's a certain thickness. And I'm sure you've probably all heard the slang word mouse. Hey, a, a nice mouse there. Meaning, and I never knew it till this time, till the first time, because it's about the size of a mouse. It's pretty big. And the point is, I got him over to St. Joe's, and I said thanks. And here are two interesting things. One, I could see on all the parents' faces, all the folks I know, all the folks I like, all the folks I've known for years in baseball, on our side, there was kind of a a fear, not about the nice people, not about my kids so much as you could see this is the fear every parent has. Wow, what if this was my kid? What if this is bad? Supposing something bad happens to Larry's kid. Supposing bad something happens to my kid. And what if, how bad will it be? We get to St. Joe's. The point is it's a terrific place. And I got change from Guy so I could get my kid while waiting in the emergency room. I could get him. He was hungry. He wanted some chips and a little milk in there. And when the guy uh, gave me change, it turns out we saw, well, that you could put quarters in two. And I said to him, it's all right. I said to the guy who was waiting there, I said, you've done your good deed for the day. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I hope whoever you're here for gets gets better fast and 100%. And it was a tiny moment where you actually make contact with people. That by, I'm always telling my kids, make the little effort. That's why you wave at people from cars. That's why when someone does something nice, you say thank you. That's why when you pass in an aisle in the supermarket, you say, excuse me, ma'am, 
it's not that you have to do it. It's just that it's a contact with people. And when I said that, the guy smiled. We got in there, and it was fine. At that point, by the way, once I knew it was fine, I called my wife. She was coming home from work anyway, and I said, yeah, we're at St. Joe's. You know what? This happened to Ethan. It's fine. She said, not panic. She said, good, I'll come over too. You know what? And when she got over there, well, that's fine. And then I could go back, she said, to get the other one at football, and uh, or he could be taken home because it was already going to be a couple of hours. The point is, it was going to take some stitches, but it was fine. And stitches, today they don't even use the stitches. They use the cut-me-mix stuff. You know, the, uh, the it's a glue they put in there, and it presses it together. And in five, six days, you just pull the glue off. And so, you know what? I said to my son at that point, I said to him, once my wife got there and I was going to head out to... Uh, get the other kid and take care of things and just set things up at home and this and that because she was there and he and i said you know what you know how you enjoy a hospital and he looked at me puzzled and he said what do you mean i said are you enjoying this he said no and i said you should you really should because you know how to enjoy a hospital and the answer is to leave you get to leave and remember something there are a lot of people who checked into hospitals all over America and all over the world right now, the same time you did, but they're not going to leave. And you are. And that's the greatest thing in the world. And that's how you enjoy a hospital. You leave it. And I said, you know what? You're the luckiest guy on Broadway because you took a bang. Number one, you've had bangs before. All right, this one was a, was a little worse. And remember, that's what let us l laugh at that, oh! And you know what, though? But it's fine. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing's broken. Nothing, no vision is affected. It's going to heal. And you know what? So you'll get a little glue in it, and you'll feel a little weird for a couple of days. But remember, you'll be leaving. And when you leave here, I'll bet you a dollar, someone else who checked in with you is going to see you leaving out of a window on the third floor and say to himself, boy, I, bet you, I wish I could leave too. So you know what? That's how you enjoy a hospital. We hope... This was a great place. I hope you have a great hospital where you live. And you know what, though? And one that makes you feel comfortable. And uh, But you know what? It was the greatest thing in the world. And when I left, I hope I showed him I know I did. I said, there's no reason to be uh, upset about me, is there? And he said, no, there isn't. He said, you look fine. I said, that's important. And I got back in the car, and I turned the key in the car... And I, it, it kind of shook in my hand for a second. I couldn't get it on for a second. When I turned it on, I lowered the windows. And that was the first time I was alone. That was the first time. Well, then I let out a breath and just put my head down on the steering wheel for a second. And I said something. I hope you guys all say it at the same, same time like that. So you know what? That's how, that's how you enjoy a hospital. You leave. And if you can leave, you're the luckiest guy in the world. So... To get your official Larry Miller Drinking Society membership card, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Larry Miller Drinking Society, care of Ace Broadcasting, 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276, Toluca Lake, California, 91602. I'm not even going to say it again. Jeff always puts it in USA. Well, I said it. The show's website is acelarrymiller.com. My website is larrymillerhumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. Follow the show on Twitter at Larry Miller Show. But as always, all roads lead to Rome. And get everywhere from AceLarryMiller.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com. It means the world that you're here. It really does. So thanks again at uh, everyone at Gringo Bandito Hot Sauce. Thanks again at Amazon. And as always, remember, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you when you get there, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's the truest thing I know. And I hope you get to enjoy a hospital the way my kid did by leaving. We'll see you next time, always on Ace Broadcasting. This week with Larry Miller recorded live in Sense Around, which really helps the jokes.